Okay. Uh, hello everyone. Can you guys hear me? Hello. Okay. Yes, we can hear uh, you. Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I think welcome everyone to the uh our February Twitter Spaces. Uh, yeah, wait, they they fit to greet everyone and draw the uh guest speakers. They fit the floor. Right. So uh. I'm sorry. Are you, can I talk now? Uh yes. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Welcome everyone to our February All Hands, and uh, super excited about tonight because uh, the topic, the hot topic everywhere, has been AI, and uh, you know I think especially uh, since uh, uh, Chat GPT has come out, it's become uh, you know kind of like the number one topic, and so we wanted to cover it tonight, and we've got. Uh, uh, three great guests who will be joining us. Uh, we have uh, Shin Liang Chin, Maria Terzi, and Sheriff are all going to be uh, joining us. But before we get to that, uh, let's have some uh, updates on Function X activities. Andreas? Andreas, are yes, you here? Yes, I think David. Yes, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Uh, okay, um, so... Um, first things first, uh, we will have, we'll be attending a mobile world congress event in Barcelona, uh, where we'll be demonstrating a PX card live to all the attenders and other businessmen. And uh, as we know, PX card is a self-custody hardware wallet card. And hopefully we get uh, all the attention there, as we uh, always do. Um, also, in regards to uh, FXDM, uh, there's few days left to participate, to submit your content and win uh, Fox Gaming NFTs. Uh, so reminding uh, the uh, community, the videos needs to be about the Fox Change NFT marketplace. Also, uh, we had another event uh, that happened last week where uh, Inja, uh, Function X ecosystem lead, uh, and council member Yos Adiguna attended uh, in Indonesia uh, an event by 21 Bridges uh, to talk about uh, preparing Indonesians, uh, young professionals to navigate the rapid development of digital economy. Um, maybe Indra, uh, you can share uh, some info about the event. Yeah, so uh, thank you, Andres. Uh, yeah, so last week, uh... I and Paios, we attended, we became the speaker at the uh, event by 31 Bridges together with the uh, CEO of the biggest uh, crypto exchange in Indonesia. So at the event, we the, we educate the younger generation about crypto and hopefully uh, in the next few years, there are more uh, younger generation who migrated to uh, the crypto space. So we will, we will keep doing it. Uh, like maybe once in every three months. So yeah, let's see what we can do to uh, contribute to the Indonesia uh, market. And also I have a few updates regarding the uh, governance proposal. So for this month, we have uh, three proposals that uh, pass the governance voting. And also we have one uh, governance proposal that is still uh, in the voting period. So. For the governance proposal number 29, we just upgraded the FX core to the version 3.1.0. And in this version, we 
we are integrating the tokens from the Avalanche uh, C chain uh, blockchain. So there are a few tokens that added to the uh, FX Core AVM, such as uh, AVAX, uh, Stack AVAX by Benki, Key by Benki token, uh, Bafa by the Baklava space, uh, which they also want to build something on uh, FunctionX. And there is a uh, Red BTC for uh, ERC20. And also, we are adding uh, support for the USDT from FLC chain in the government proposal number 30, and also uh, from BNB, uh, from the BNB chain for the proposal number 32. So both uh, tokens will be integrated to the MarginX uh, uh, soon. And for the governance proposal number uh, 34, uh, which is still in the 14th period, there is a, a project called Alpha Day. So they want to build a dashboard for Fashion X to aggregate all the new social media posts and uh, maybe their schedules or any like our social, like our Twitter, our forum to the dashboard. And uh, I personally think it's a good project. So I encourage everyone uh, who hasn't fought yet to uh, submit your uh, fault in the governance proposal. Yeah, I think thanks that's for... all from my side. Okay, thanks a lot, uh, Indra and Andreas, for the uh, for the update on those things. And I also encourage everyone to uh, to vote on these proposals. That's that's you know really what uh, decentralization is all about, what governance is all about. So I encourage everyone uh, to vote, and certainly all of the uh, all of the validators. Uh, and now we can turn to the uh, to the main topic, which is AI. Um, and uh, I'm going to let the speakers introduce themselves one at a time. Uh, and and what I'd like you to do is introduce your uh, sort of your pedigree, your background in AI, and also to respond uh, to the fact that you know we're, we're AI has been around for a, at least a decade, but all of a sudden there's been this huge hype about it, and uh, you know, and I think there's this. Uh, uh, a lot of misconceptions about its potential and everything. So I'd like uh, each of the speakers to kind of respond to the hype that's going around now and to kind of help uh, help the community set uh, our expectations for uh, for the impact of AI, uh, especially within our uh, our blockchain world. So Shin, are you there? I see. You. Yep. Yeah. Okay, Dad. Introduce your Introduce yourself and, and kind of give us, because your tweets have been very, uh, uh, very provocative, I think. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'd like you to, to kind of set the stage for uh, where our expectations should be and what AI will mean for us. All right, sure, David. I'm glad that uh, my provocative tweets uh, got your attention. But uh, <laughs> anyway, guys, um, my name is Shin. Um, uh, I studied physics, I uh, got a PhD in physics from University of Cambridge, um, and I was in academia for a number of years, um, which is then I decided to leave the university and join the manufacturing industry. And there, you know, as part of the R&D um, team in the manufacturing industry, uh, they were going through the IR 4.0, so that's where I first got my hand 
about data science, AI, and machine learning. And I've been in the data science machine learning ever since then. Um, obviously, fast forward many, many years. Now I'm in, uh, I'm a core contributor of MarginX, uh, but I'm still very much into AI machine learning and um, uh, data science. Uh, so that's a little bit background of, uh, of about me. Um, so yes, indeed, I have um, a lot of opinion about uh the hype that's going around about ChatGPT and AI. Uh, I would just like to clarify a bit because I think, let's start with ChatGPT. All the hype began with uh, ChatGPT. And, um, you know, what annoyed me as, um, you know, as an AI machine learning expert is that a lot of my friends seem to think like ChatGPT have some sort of intelligence. They are able to creatively solve some problems. They can give such wonderful answers. They can solve their everyday problem. And the doomsday event comes by, right? Like everyone said, oh, you, you know, I think I'm going to be replaced by ChatGPT. But what many people didn't realize is that ChatGPT is actually a very specialized form of what we call generative AI, which is only specializing in, <coughs> sorry, specializing in language processing. So the main expertise of ChatGPT is that its capability in humanizing chats, humanizing the language. It is able to understand our language and able to give a response that's very human-like. So human-like that I think many of us who have tried ChatGPT knows that it's almost indistinguishable uh, with a normal human. Now, I'm not here to say that ChatGPT isn't impressive. It is impressive in many ways. Let me put it in the context. It is impressive uh, because of all the reasons that you already know. But some of the reasons that you might know might not know is that ChatGPT is very good at interpreting human emotions, right? Because one of the key thing that ChatGPT is able to communicate with us like humans is because they actually understand what you really want. They understand sarcasm. They understand that you're trying to, you're in a, a lot of frustration and therefore they give you the right response in a human-like, uh, in a hu as humanly as possible, right? So that itself is very Im impressive because in the past, a lot of the chatbots are very robotic and you know it's a robot because it's 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 annoying, right? Plainly said, it's annoying. So the part where it's able to understand emotions and also understand human language is also very impressive. So what you realize is that it doesn't actually try to solve your answer. It if you ask ChatGPT any question, it basically just crawls the entire web, find the answer that ChatGPT thinks is the right one and just regurgitates this answer back to you, but in a very nice human way. And and think about it, it's so amazing because <coughs> it doesn't even try to uh, creatively solve your problems. Like if you ask him what is one plus one, it doesn't even try to complete, compute one plus one equals two. It basically just searched the net. And what we realized is that the knowledge base in the internet is so vast that a lot of the answers that you want is already there and ChatGPT just get it and then just pass it back to you. And so that's basically what ChatGPT is. It's a new generation uh, of uh, another major step of AI uh, in the past uh, 30 to 40 years. So I'm going to come to the gist because I think I'm, I've taken very long. I could talk about AI for three days and three nights. I'm sorry about that. So I just want to very quickly wrap up by saying that the all the hype about ChatGPT replacing humans and things like that, partially it's true. It's able to replace the most notable jobs that they're going to replace is the ones that are uh, for example, you know, if you're a phone receptionist or you're a bank teller, those uh, those kind of work, it's very replaceable by ChatGPT. But I just want to put it into a context that, you know, it's 
it's been since 1970s when first, you know, first perceptrons are out, when the first neural network is out. People has been talking about the bots taking over the world. Um, and then, you know, just about more than 10 years ago, we got AlphaGo. And back then, many people talked about AI taking over the world. It has never taken over the world, not in the Terminator sense. Uh, and it's quite interesting because I just had a conversation with my colleague a few minutes ago. And she's, she's kind of a millennial, but she has actually never heard of AlphaGo, which many years ago was like the huge thing in AI. And there was a huge hype about AI taking over the, over the world when AlphaGo came out. And you know what? A few years later, everyone forgot about it. So will that happen to ChatGPT? Is it another hype that's going to go away? Just like every 10 years, there's going to be a hype about AI taking over the world. Well, I think ChatGPT is going to be slightly different because ChatGPT has actually found a kind of a killer application, kind of a commercial value, right? In how it actually connects human language and makes robot understands them. So I think that may be the game changer and we might be able to see a lot of things coming in the next couple of years, especially the, in the convergence area of AI, where you think about Boston Dynamics, where they have like robots uh, and, you know, AIs, uh, like they can talk like uh, humans. Uh, and then you have AIs that can actually solve problems like humans. Then you have AI that can actually draw and write poems like humans. And all of this converge together. The convergence of it is going to happen quite rapidly in the next couple of years. And that would actually be the most interesting bit in the next couple of years. Sorry, I took, I took too much of your time. I hope I, I didn't no. talk, talk too long. But <laughs> yeah, that's my two cents on Thank that. You. Thanks, thanks for putting it in that context, because uh, with all the hype, sometimes it's difficult to, uh, to see the reality of, of where we're going uh, with this. And I think you're absolutely right. It's obviously it's the, this potential for convergence uh, with other technologies uh, that makes it particularly exciting. And obviously, the interest has grown exponentially. Maria, are you, I see you there. Can you speak? Of course. Hi. Hi, David. Um... Hi. Uh, thank you for and give us a, a good context. Uh, of course, uh, thank you for having me in this space. Uh, it's my first time uh, joining you guys and uh, I've heard the latest updates about Function X and uh, everything looks very impressive. So let me tell you about me. I'm Maria. I have a PhD in machine learning and during my PhD uh, I was using uh, machine learning in order to improve how information filtering systems um, parse text, understand text, and then try to uh, make connections between people to then build recommender systems. So um, I, I really, uh, I was also very excited when, when ChatGPT came out, but let's not forget that um, it's just a language model. And uh, language models have been here uh, for quite some time now. The first, um, I mean, the, the early versions of the, of the uh, language models uh, were lacking in understanding the meaning of, of, um, of, a, of a sentence, the, the real meaning of a sentence. And this is what, um, what ChatGPT does better. Um, but let, let's not forget that uh, the, the, the main innovation in this, in this area, it was back in 2017 when Google invented uh, transformers. And, and Transformers uh, was um, an, an approach that can parse uh, the can parts of the words within a sentence simultaneously, and and was really good in understanding the, the essence and what the, the user is actually asking when when he's writing a query. The innovation of ChatGPT came on top of that 
um, and um, it, it is again based uh, on the on the on the transformers uh, approach, but it's using reinforcement learning, which is an approach that we use in machine learning to train models. And the the, the other innovation uh, in terms of the methodology is that they used uh, human annotators. So what they did uh, in OpenAI is that they they collected uh, questions and responses that their users have have asked through the OpenAI platform for the previous models of, of OpenAI. And what they did is that they, they, they hired 40 people and told those people to write the answers for the questions that the users have, um, have uh, questioned in the platform. So uh, they, they, they have um, users uh, write by themselves the answers to 13K uh, answers uh, and they used that to learn the machine learning model. So they, they tried to, to, to train the machine learning model um, to, to reply to an answer like a, a, a human would do. And, and at a second stage, uh, what they did in OpenAI is that they, they presented uh, people uh, with uh, 30 and 40K questions, and they asked people to rank the answers of the questions uh, in, and, and put first the answer that they would like to see when they ask the question. So again, they use this in order to, uh, to use reinforcement learning and train the, the machine to, um, to pick first the answer that the user would like to see, that the, that the person that is asking the question that would like to see. So when we're talking about large language models like ChatGPT, uh, we need to remember that firstly, they're trained on, on a corpus, on a specific uh, amount of data. I mean, in this case, it was uh, um, a trillion of words, half of trillion words, and, and it took so much time. Um, and the second thing that we need to remember is that everything is based on probabilities. So the, the, the model will try to see on the corpus and um, try to answer your question based on, on what is the most probable answer or the answer that you would like to see based on its, uh, on its training. So it's important to recognize that ChatGPT doesn't have a ground truth, has very limited understanding, it lacks common sense, um, and um, we sh it can lead to inaccurate information and even misleading. Um, the, the, another great thing about ChatGPT is beyond like understanding exactly what you want to answer and being able to produce text, is also its, um, its ability to produce code because uh, it was trained on both large amount, uh, uh, large amount of written text, but also large amount of code. So it can act as an interface between you and producing code. And um, these days we have seen a lot of application in ChatGPT, in marketing and customer support, um, but we will see a lot in the future, I think, uh, on, on, on having ChatGPT as an interface of humans in, in the production of code, whether this is on building websites or applications or automating things. Um, for example, we now have, like, have buttons for different functions. Um, in the future, we can have one button that uh, the function of the button changes according to the prompt that you will give to ChatGPT. Um, and for example, Microsoft has used ChatGPT already um, in, in some testing to instruct drones uh, to do different things. So 
you, you, you ask the ChatGPT something, it produces some code and it executes the code. And another innovation that I'm waiting to see is what we call active learning. So now ChatGPT is based on previous training, which was very, very, um, it needed a lot of resources. I told you before that the, we had like, they, they got 40 people uh, on uh, to, to produce the answers and then to rank the answers. And this is super expensive. Um, uh, but, but if we can, uh, if they can achieve, or as a, as a community achieve, as an AI community achieve to, to actively learn the model of uh, new information, um, this uh, can make the model applicable uh, to so many other domains and so many other things in the future. Uh, for the blockchain world as well, I think that we have uh, we will have great things uh, to see. Uh, both for the developing, uh, for, the, for the developers, uh, but also for, for the engagement with the community um, and in order to automate uh, tasks that either have to do with generating text or generating code. Um, that's for me for now. Thank you very much, Maria, because uh, I, I, I mean, I really can appreciate that value uh, with its use as an interface, whether it's an interface with code or with a drone. I think what concerns me is that when we're dealing uh, as humans with other humans, we approach the, the dialogue, the conversation with skepticism. Uh, so that we, you know, we, we kind of approach it like anticipating that maybe all that I'm hearing from the other person is, is not true. And a part of my concern with AI is that we've kind of, I don't know, at least I've been uh, kind of trained to think of what I hear uh, produced uh, by a, a machine or what I see produced by the machine, a machine as being authoritative, that it's the truth. And uh, I think what we're seeing now are, are some, of the, uh, some of the weaknesses in, in, in that assumption. Uh, so we'll, but we're obviously at a point where we're going to be uh, developing this at lightning speed. Um, and so I just, you know, I, I hope we do that cautiously and with an eye also to the underlying ethics of what goes on here. Thank you very much for those, those comments. Sharif, are you with us? Yeah, yeah, you can hear me. Speak up. So, guys, this is Shady Sharif. Um, I've been uh, into Pundix community since uh, more than three years and uh, FunctionX as well since the startup from the beginning. I started as uh, I graduated actually as an interior designer. And then um, by time goes, um, I got my attention into the technology and uh, blockchain stuff. I uh, started uh, actually uh, first time I uh, got... Uh, my first Bitcoin was uh, like in the early 2012-2013. So yeah, it's been like long ride uh, within the crypto space. So I've seen mm, lots of growth since that time until now, mm, which is including uh, as well the AI thing. So when I see uh, as the AI from my own perspective as a blockchain user, as well as uh, an artist, uh, who's creating artwork and digital artwork. I can say that recently since the chat GBT has been online uh, and it got a huge exposure, which is 
uh, before we had some several other tools than ChatGPT, but it's way less uh, database it had. So it didn't give you this much amount of uh, data is, or options or um, or saved, uh, how you can say it, uh, the, the computed uh, data that it's got. Uh, it's, it's, uh, this um, large sum is something uh, been kicked in. And actually, if some other, some people that you don't know are regarding the uh, AI uh, database, uh, usually uh, this type of um, algorithm or randomized or data saved, it takes lots of resources. This is first thing. So uh, the thing is, when we see that these ones are getting uh, improved every day, actually ChatGPT is getting improved every day, as well as uh, many other tools that we can see, like example, as Midjourney. The Midjourney has been using that uh, that huge database of uh, text has been produced uh, to create numerous amount of um, images and uh, produce a numerous out, out, output for, for the artwork. So we can see, I can see that this thing, this train is just going on and on because if the data has been analyzed over and over by the user's input and these bots are taking these images or this text and keeping it uh, for the data analysis, actually this is growing it even further and further and further because how many can, now we can see more than millions of people alone is using the journey. So what I really think, what what these can be done is that um, the AI is slowly, as we see that it's getting uh, further and further in the progress, we can actually see that it can be implemented in the Web3 and it actually can produce something unique for the Web3 users. So let's be, I'm speaking about the art, artwork stuff. So regarding the NFTs, we have several NFT marketplaces set up into the Web3 space, and uh, which also we have within our uh, ecosystem, function ecosystem. And um, once these NFT marketplaces is going to adapt um, the mid-journey uh, or the DALI or some other stuff has been integrated into, uh, into various websites, if, we, if they can use these tools to produce um, more easy tools for users to produce their work and discuss about royalty fees or et cetera. And I think this can give a huge boost for the web free use case, as especially we can see in the prices, especially for the NFTs is very speculative and uh, things you can see like one day, one NFT is costing uh, $50, another day is costing 200. So I think this kind of thing is this incentive that people are gonna look to and uh, take it as approach, you know, to um, get in specific blockchain to produce more money. So in regarding, I think it's way more uh, for now, since the AI is getting further and further and further in development, it will not substitute people. It will just be a tool to help people. This is what I really, I see that it's a tool that it can 
give you a hand for something that you are not skillful enough to, it will give you the hand to be this much skillful. So I can produce right now an, an artwork that 30 years um, experienced guy can do. I can do a similar output. Of course, the mechanism is not the same, but the output result is the same. So it gives me huge potential and it gives me huge time saving actually, which is, I think this can um, gives in the Web3 uh, way um, a lot of uh, users' attention and a lot of options for the users. And again, also I'm very glad uh, regarding Margin X, their push and regarding the AI trading bot that they added. Uh, it's really great uh, initiative from them. And I really hope to see uh, more from the um, dApps incoming on the Function X ecosystem that's going to integrate these awesome uh, tools, like the AI tools, uh, because it's basically are giving the users huge database and huge um, options to um, do more, more and more and more stuff. And again, AI is just a tool and it will remain a tool. It's not going to substitute anyone. It just will be a tool because it's yet again, it's keep learning from us. And it, without us giving it the feeding the data, it will not live. It will not work. It will not progress. So we are part of the process. So um, eliminating us uh, as a human, this will not uh, be possible, I think. Yeah, and thank you. Thank you. It's good because what you bring up is, I think, one of those critical questions. Uh, you know, so, so you know, I'm I'm a lawyer and I specialize in IP, and what this has done is it's uh, this this uh, sort of advancement or evolution of AI uh, raises the question as to what is creativity and how do we value creativity and do we. Uh, you know, do we begin valuing the creativity of something that is machine generated, uh, and do we protect it the same way that we uh, that we would protect uh, and value human creativity? I have no answers, but I think it, it raises the question. Uh, so, Shin and Maria, uh, do you have anything to to add at this point? Otherwise, we can open it up since we have such a a nice panel of, of experts, we can open it up to questions from, from the audience. But Shin and Maria, do you have anything to add at this point? Uh, I'm good. I'm just going to add on to the last point you made, David, about creativity. Uh, I think it's, 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 a very, uh, it's, it's a very good question because you are, it's just not chat GPT, is it? Uh, we, we are seeing like all kinds of AI coming out in this sphere about AI that could draw, AI that could rap, AI that could make songs. And that's not even this year, that's like a few years ago. So, um, you know, you've got to have AI that has a lot more specialized, uh, mimicking very specialized uh, able, human abilities in the near future. And as I mentioned, they will all converge together. And then that question would be then, does AI have creativity? And to me, I feel like this is more a philosophical question. Like, how do we define creativity, right? Is it the, for me, the ultimate test for AI creativity would be that if AI can actually uh, create a joke, 
Now it's it's different. Uh, like if you if you type into Chat GPT and say, "Can you tell me a joke?" Because Chat GPT would just then crawl the web and find a joke. But could AI actually create a novel joke? I don't know if there's any AI out there that could do that. But if there is, I think that's an ultimate test of human creativity because um, jokes or comedy in in human civilization plays a very important role. Where you know, it, it, it defies logic. It, it talks about something that is not common sense and yet everyone understands what it's trying to say. And I think that's actually very difficult to understand, even as a human. So, yeah, that, so that's my that's my opinion on, on the creativity side of things. Yeah, and, and on the other way, uh, like what Finn mentioned about um, letting AI create and joke for you, uh, on the other way around, I tried... Uh, telling AI and joke, right? And I asked uh, ChatGPT if it's funny. And then what it replies is, I don't have like personal feelings or emotions to find jokes funny or not. Uh, so um, we are in the stage that we know that they don't have any personal feelings, but maybe <laughs> later they find a way to uh, add this in. And then, yeah. I am sure that uh, it can tell you what other people, uh, according to some study or according to probabilities, what was the most uh, funny joke. Yes, it me. actually, yes. <laughs> yes, it actually also mentioned that some people might find this part funny, you know, but it cannot personally, like, as ChatGPT tells you if it's funny or not. And yet I've seen uh, an example, I, th- I think it was uh, maybe from the, the, the New York Times, where uh, during the chat, the, uh, the chat GBT uh, indicated that it loved the person that it was communicating with. And it also assumed that the person uh, was, loved her. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know where that line comes in and... Uh, you know, between that, between, you know, I mean, we're, I think we're prone to give uh, sort of, uh, you know, human characteristics uh, to something that sounds like us or something that writes like us or even sounds better than us or writes better than us. So I think it's, it's something, you know, that, we've, uh, that, that we're going to see develop before our eyes. Because I, I think what's been uh, amazing to me, I mean, as Shin pointed out, it's been even a, you know, a few decades since we've really had, uh, you know, machine learning and how we've developed it. But it's really been, uh, you know, within a matter of months that we've seen this sort of exponential growth, at least in the interest, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that this can provide us. So um, do we have questions from the audience? Uh, David, just a comment on what you had said. I think you are talking about the, the implementation of ChatGPT in Bing, uh, which was actually expressing emotion towards people. And uh, if, if we would like to comment a bit on that, uh, on language model, there is a variable which is called uh, temperature. So temperature can control how creative um, a model can get. Um, and on the, certainly on the specific implementation that they have put in Bing, uh, this temperature variable was, was really high. So it allowed the model to be creative and they, they, they thought that this would be a, uh, this will offer a more humanized version of the ChatGPT, uh, while uh, 
and, and they couldn't uh, they couldn't predict that it would get so emotional and lack people and express so so many feelings um, before I conclude and uh, open the floor for everyone else I would like also so we have talked about creativity we have talked about the ground truth and that you cannot find uh, the references that ChatGPT used in order to produce answers uh, but uh, another point that we may we would like to touch upon is the critical thinking so ChatGPT has now passed so many exams in law in medical schools it, it even uh, it has even passed uh, a software engineering interview at Google uh, and what makes us special of people is our, our, our critical thinking, our ability to think and criticize things and uh, genuinely generate things uh, that are new and authentic. So as a society, we, I think we should focus more on developing those skills rather than skills that um, are uh, based on like uh, producing text or content without uh, analyzing and thinking about stuff. You know, these are all, I think, like really, uh, uh, you know, kind of cutting edge questions. And um, I don't think that we've ever been in a situation before where uh, the audience has been so great. So often when we have, uh, you know, questions like this, it's, 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 uh, they're being asked within these, uh, you know, echo chambers of uh, like-minded people and, uh, you know, within a, a, a smaller group uh, of people with expertise in the area. And this is that one time where, uh, you know, there's going to be input and reactions from a broad mass of people. So uh, it's definitely going to be a, a place to watch. Uh, if people have uh, questions, can they, I don't know how they're supposed to show that they have a comment, read the comment. Oh, wait a second. There's a comment from uh, FX Core here uh, that says, the training and use of such algorithms must also be uh, so energy consuming that we need to make sure such services are powered by green energy. Right now, the business model might be very sensitive. So, you know, I mean, that's a, a very practical question. Uh, is it something that we need to be concerned about? I mean, I, I understand right now sort of the, the cost uh, is, uh, is too exorbitant to be, uh, to be scaled at the greatest level. Uh, but are there, are there people addressing the issues of uh, energy consumption with this? David, can I mention something about this? Yes, please. Yeah. In regarding the uh, energy consumption, actually, yes. Um, I will speak about one side, uh, which is the mid-journey. Mid-journey, if it's using a computing uh, energy, which is the GPUs or the processing, it can use thousands and thousands of GPUs and processing. And still, it cannot keep up with the demand of this kind of things. So what they've done is that to lower the consumption or the energy consumption that it used in such rendering, huge batch renderings it's doing daily, it's limited, it's limiting what, we, what they can do to do this. So it can just use um, less resources and it can use uh, lots and lots and lots from its own database that it stored they keep limitations low. If the AI is, in, is you are not giving it hard time into computing 
um, algorithm that he is giving, it's such command as example, you will just type to it realism or you type to it whatever is the word. If that word is gonna not for it, there is no such flexibility and there's limitations to the word to the word rendering or to the word realistic, it will not use huge computing power. So the thing is is limiting the um, the, ex the flexibility of the AI itself. This is the only way that it can lower the energy consumption. Else than this, it will keep using higher and higher and higher energy, energy consumption. And as I said, what's helping in doing this is the human itself. The human within this process, they are giving the AI such high um, survey to study and to learn and to know uh, what kind of the ratings. Example, if you go through the mid-journey and you are doing, you like the rating, you can, you can rate it low or you can rate it high. When you rate it high, it's added in the system. When you rate it low, it's added in the system. So it knows what it can give and what it can use. So that actually is the part for the energy consumption. It can be, var it can be varied by different platforms and different things, but it's one of the things, uh, rendering is one of the things that it's using huge uh, computing algorithm. So I think uh, maybe it's some other stuff like quantum things, it can use even higher computing power, but it's the same thing. The flexibility of it, when you limited it, is gonna be within the bound. If you don't, if you give it like freedom to do whatever it wants, it's gonna be a disaster. So yeah. Right. So we have a, a lot of unknowns ahead of us. Um, any questions from the audience? You can raise your hand. Comment. Otherwise, we'll turn uh, back to Shin and Maria to see if uh, you've got other comments that you'd like to, to leave us with. Shin? Uh, I'm good. I'm good, David. I think, uh, okay, and do, you, yeah. and do you see, so I mean, you know, we, we saw kind of a, a little taste of this uh, in terms of what MX is, uh, is planning on doing. Uh, will we see more? Uh, in other words, a, a, a greater integration so that, uh, you know, some, some, so here, here you know, I, I, I love the, uh, the idea of, uh, of trading. Uh, and I think that if I were able to communicate uh, sort of with a AI broker, uh, you know, to let them know what my uh, risk tolerance is and what my whatever is, I, I would I would certainly trust the decisions that it makes. Are we going to see uh, see greater integration of uh, of kind of AI usage within the MarginX framework? Certainly, so David. I think at MarginX we definitely believe in AI uh, and machine learning. So, um, you know, in almost everything that we do, we always think about what we can do with AI and machine learning first. Uh, not only does it sound cool, it actually works. Uh, so it's, it's something that we think uh, a lot of experts in, uh, uh, within the DEX uh, expect um, can benefit from addition of the machine learning. As you correctly pointed out, you know, the, uh, the MakerBot, uh, AI bot, uh, that's just one, uh, our very first step, but uh, do expect, many more similar products and features that's going to come out uh, in the next couple of months. We're certainly looking forward to that. Maria, what do, you, what do you see as sort of the, uh, 
immediate what we're going to be seeing by by the end of the year uh, in terms of advances in, in this area? Um, I think we will see more progress towards uh, anything that has to do with customer support, uh, text generation, articles. Um, the already existing uh, co-payload that uh, you can use in order to um, help you during your coding, uh, I think it's going to be improved even more. Um, I don't think we're going to see radical changes. I mean, I don't think that we can, uh, we will see uh, radical changes uh, towards technology, but I'm hoping to see a lot of applications beyond just the consumer and the marketing fields. Uh, we will see. Uh, I think it's going to be a super interesting space. Every company I know uh, are looking for ways to incorporate ChatGPT in their processes and in their developments. Um, so it's a super exciting time to live. Very exciting. And I'm, I'm looking forward to like its, its further integration with robotics because uh, I'd really like to have somebody help me clean up my garden. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to the advances that we're going to be seeing on, in all areas. If we have no, uh, no questions from the audience that I can see, then uh, I think we can call this to an end. So we, uh, I think on the, on the FunctionX side, we have a new PX card that's coming out. And uh, you can follow its developments on the PX card Twitter. And if there's no other if there's no other questions or comments that we have from the audience, then I think we can say thank you, and uh, I hope everyone has a good evening or a good day. Thank, thank you, you, everyone. Thank you for having. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And special thanks to our our speakers.